Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, joined by John Bird Wiley this week. So we got a very special episode uh, for anyone who has listened to our podcast for a while. We had John on an episode about two years ago. He was unbelievable, incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, unfortunately, he is a bit of a Ducks fan, um, so you know not everyone's perfect. Uh, <laughs> But we got him on the show this week, so how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, today, I'm a Panthers fan, so... Uh, today and every day, buddy. Exactly. Uh, I, want, I want our listeners to know, too, that I asked this guy if he could hop on the show, because Noah's uh, in the U.S. on a, on a road trip right now uh, for work, uh, and this guy shows up my room in a Sam Reinhart jersey, but not just any Sam Reinhart jersey, a Sam Reinhart Number 23 Panthers jersey. So the complete wrong number. <laughs> Roll up the dice that he'd be wearing 23 with the Panthers. Uh, absolutely love to see it. Uh, and super happy to have you on. Uh, and yeah, we got lots to talk about this week because we didn't do a, a Monday episode. Uh, so lots of stuff uh, go on around the league. Uh, and then obviously, comeback cats again uh, last night going up against the Washington Capitals. We'll talk about that one. Um but we're going to start off with one of the, I don't know, more weird stories from around the league from the last little while, which is the Brendan Lemieux bite on, on Brady Kachuk. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on the entire incident? Yeah, like, um, obviously this isn't boxing with a similar incident like Mike Tyson did. But, uh, yeah, I never thought I'd see something like that in hockey. Um, it's been a while. Like, I don't think it's happened in our lifetime. No, it's probably like it. the... Probably Miller headline suspension we've seen in a while um, for like on ice uh, discipline. But uh, yeah, weird situation. Obviously, like Tampers probably got the best of both players more Lemieux than anything. Yeah, like like who who bites someone? Like yeah, when who you does that when you get taken down like that. Um, commonly, from what I've seen, is that you just accept it. Yeah, like, maybe like, throw a couple shots in after when you get like, up, but uh, like, I get like you get heated, you know, whatever, right? But like, I don't think there's any level of like anger or frustration I could get to where I'm like, oh, you know what? I, an adult human being, I'm gonna bite this other adult human being. It's just, it's I'm never gonna get there. Yeah, no. And um, <clears throat> as much as the bite was like interesting, I personally much more enjoyed the aftermath of it. Brady Kachuk's comments, not holding back. Uh, just absolutely going in on Brendan Lemieux. Uh, then Jonathan Quick coming out, defending Brendan Lemieux, saying, no, nah, I'd rather have him on my team. Um, which, no. Just from a pure hockey standpoint, no. No. Uh, and then from a teammate perspective, I'm, I'm pretty sure Brady Kachuk wears the C in Ottawa for, for a reason. Uh, and I know if we had a, our, our good friend Jacob Barker on the episode, he'd be, he'd be laying into Brendan Lemieux for this one. But... Uh, yeah, just just weird. Uh, the suspension he had the in person hearing, uh, five game suspension. Do you think it's the right amount? Yeah, from what I saw from the video NHL posted, um, they mainly addressed the first bite, or that's all they basically saw. So at this point, it seems that it's like five games, like per bite on each hand. Uh, yeah, I guess that's yeah, it's the, but, the, I uh, guess that's the, the price these days. I guess there's something like that where there isn't. Too much precedence on that situation. Five, I guess, is... Uh, I'm, I'm very certain his father was also suspended once for biting, making them the first father-son duo to both be suspended for biting in the National Hockey League. So a little bit of history there for the Lemieux family. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is kind of interesting. 
Um, as a person from Barry, I uh, watched Brandon Lemieux with the Colts. Um, Big fan. Yeah, he's a guy that like gets under the opponent's skin. Uh, definitely sticks up for his teammates. Um, yeah, a uh, couple games I went to got in a couple scraps for sticking Not up surprising. for guys like Shifley, uh, Mangiapane, oh, even two. Oh, the big names. Um, but yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not sure, Reverend. Like it's it's worth five games to me. I think it's it's probably again, like you said, like there's not a ton of like precedent around it, especially recently. Like in terms of like w- like weird incidents like that. So, like I'm thinking like the Marchand lick, or I think Garnet Hathaway spit in a guy's face once, yeah, like, a couple years ago. Like stuff like that, where it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, like super unsanitary, and like you just wouldn't do that to anyone, even if you're playing hockey or just walking down the street either. yeah like you just don't do it. so it's, it's weird in that sense um i was a bit surprised i was like when it, when it you know was announced there was going to be an in-person hearing i was like all right he's going to get like a, a good amount of games but it first happened though i like you're honestly not even sure these days with with the department of player safety like uh we saw marshawn got uh three games for slew footing yeah um which like good like it's probably like it's a dangerous play right but again, PK Subban has been slew footing people all season and just yeah. been fined five thousand dollars every time. And I'm guessing like part of it is like Marshawn's a repeat offender, right? And say look at that. But it's like if you never punish Subban, then he's never a repeat offender. Yeah, like to the point it's like how many times can you find a guy before it actually like he gets the understanding of not yeah, doing it, it again, it, right? It, yeah. It's just weird. And I think and I mentioned on a previous episode too, like I think we're seeing a lot more like slew foots and stuff like that this year too. Uh, that have just been going on that I've noticed uh, in in the games that I've watched, um, but yeah, we're just in five games. Yeah, it seems seems fine. I, uh, yeah, I was thinking like it'd probably be around six games, but five. Yeah, I guess is uh, I fair enough. Yeah. Obviously, like, but I but I'm absolutely here too for just the beef between the two players and the teams and Matthew Kachuk getting involved too. Yeah, uh, getting in the mix. Uh, It'll be interesting to see uh, when. Uh, LA play Ottawa again, but I guess also when they play Calgary, see what uh, yeah. Matt does too. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on, on those matchups for sure. And obviously, yeah, same division as, as Matt Kachuk. Um, but yeah, I'm here for it. Because the end of the day, you know, it's an entertainment business. I just want to be entertained. I just want stuff going on. And that's what we got here. Uh, so yeah, bit, bit of a weird one there. Uh, other than that, though, uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, letting go of Mark Bergevin, some other news. Uh, they've announced Jeff Gordon is the, the president now there. Um, and now they're looking for a, a new GM, yeah. uh, with Montreal. Uh, it seems like they're, they're, they're trying to make a lot of changes, like not just in the positions, but organizationally, like actually create, uh, s- some big changes and fix some things in the organization, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, and, and great to see them doing that and the owner coming out and saying that, uh, but the GM vacancy, obviously because it's Montreal, uh, GM has to speak French. Yeah. Uh, first, first up, like, do you think that is just like a good internal policy to have? Um, obviously, it's a different hockey market compared to others where most yeah, of the, mo- most of, yeah. of them speak French, right? And I understand like there's a, there's a respect there to like the fan base too, right? Yeah. Obviously, uh, most people at the games. I haven't been to Montreal game, but Quebec yeah. French. You yeah, want, exactly. You well, want to hear your team and like. The yeah, language it, you're used to, obviously. Yeah, and it's important, and again, for communicating with those fans, the language thing. The one thing for me is, like, don't get someone who's less competent just because they speak French. Yeah. Right? Like, don't make any sacrifices there. 
right? Because at the end of the day, like, I'm guessing, like, if, if I'm a Habs fan and I, I spoke French, right, as, as my primary language, I if, if, if I have a GM who can put together a team that consistently wins and is very, very good at his job, I really don't care if he's saying it in my language. Some other person... You know, the assistant GM could come in and say it doesn't matter. Yeah, like it always it can always come later as like uh, a skill set yeah. they pick up, right? Yeah, and it, it's always interesting too when like the Habs like coaching and GM positions become available because like you know usually there's a lot of speculation on who gets the job and it literally just seems like everyone's just throwing every French Canadian hockey person. Yeah, I saw Daniel Breer trending. Daniel um, Breer, Patrick Waugh. Uh, and then one uh, one I do want to talk about though is uh, Roberto Luongo from the Florida Panthers. Uh, do you think he's a fit in Montreal? Quebec kid. Just uh, done a great job with the Panthers. Was you know great goalie in this league. One of the best yeah. goalies of all time. Do you think it's a fit? See, that's like... Looking at it, it seems that it could be a good fit. But it also depends like how like they like view how Montreal is going to do in the future. Like Obviously, last year, uh, Stanley Cup final appearance. Uh, this year complete opposite it yeah seems. Brutal. they've been brutal to um, watch. so yeah i think he's a smart hockey uh mind i think if he was to get the job he'd do a good job but uh i guess it depends on the direction i guess yeah. each candidate views the team going it, yeah, forward i'm not even sure like i'm not even sure what to make of the montreal Canadiens because like you said uh you know going to the stanley cup final last year this year they suck they're terrible to watch uh it's it's a mess but I think for Roberto Longo too, like the reality is, is like Roberto Longo is going to be a GM in the National Hockey League probably sooner rather than later, and it's probably not going to be with the Florida Panthers because no. Bill Zito's there. Yeah. Um. And, and I think Roberto Longo's probably earned that that promotion. But I'm guessing he probably wants to go to a place where he's going to have a decent amount of control. And with Jeff Gordon there as the president of hockey operations, I'm not sure Roberto Longo would have the autonomy he would want. Right? Yeah. Now, but while we're talking about it and. This this position isn't vacant, but just throwing this out there, complete hypothetical, absolutely nothing to this, but the Vancouver Canucks have been brutal this year. Yeah, very brutal. On like just everything terrible. They could be making a GM or a coaching change in the new near future. Do the Vancouver Canucks once again take Roberto Luongo from the Florida Panthers? See that that's more of a fit, obviously history there. Um, I did. They got see, the Sedins there too. He's at the yeah, door. I also heard something. I forget uh, who was talking about it, but they're saying at what point do you like prevent players, former players, coming back and taking that role? Like obviously, uh, Sedins are pretty new to like their uh, role with the Canucks right now. Yeah, you don't want to obviously like when you have like a legend players like those come back to the team. Uh, you ideally want to come back knowing that you can do a good job and that it's not like your past reputation that got yeah. you the job. Well, because like, hockey, hockey's the only sport like that, like maybe a, like maybe soccer to a lesser extent, but in no other sport is like being good at playing the sport a requirement for managing those teams. Yeah. But the reality is that there's not a ton of overlap in the skill sets. Yeah. Like just because you can play hockey really well doesn't mean you can manage a team really well. We've seen that time and time again. Now there are exceptions. There are some really good GMs that have been uh, players before. But, uh, yeah, I agree. it seems way too common. But it seems like Luongo's kind of took in those steps to, like, learn the business. Yeah, you learn it. Like, so he's... Like, you don't just, like, throw him into that yeah. position. Like, um, I don't know if any of your listeners are soccer fans, but you remember when, like, Chelsea appointed, like, Frank Lampard. Yeah. Right? Club legend, right? And I was, like, his first manager gig, right? And 
Chelsea sucked under him. They flopped so hard and then won the Champions League once he left. Like, don't just throw him into that. Like, earn your way up from, you know, take the steps. That's what Luongo's done and that's what the Sidians are doing. And uh, Drury did that with the Rangers, although that's, you know, we'll see how that Especially with the state of the team, too. You're throwing a guy in there where it's like, you don't know exactly know the direction the Canucks are going to go. Yeah. Obviously, with JT Miller saying that guys have to step up and... Yeah. He was hinting at the younger guys. Um, yeah, I think it's like kind of like a maturity with them there. They have to like elevate their game because you have veterans on the team like JT and other guys that are wanting to win. But I guess it's just like not the same mentality amongst the whole team. So it's like a divide. Um, yeah, that, that, that seems to be there's just a lot of divide in, in the Canucks organization. Um, and, and they could use someone. And so, yeah, like. Would that be co- cool to see? Like, if Roberto Longo is going to go, you know, anywhere in the reality is, is that, yeah, he's going to leave the Panthers organization at some point. Uh, and, you know, as sad as it'll be to see him go, it'll be exciting to see, you know. What he can do. A, yeah, a team legend, you know, to see what he can do when, once he has the reins. Um, but I'm not sure if Montreal is maybe the best place for that. But we'll see what they do. I mean, you know, Montreal, they always keep things interesting. Yeah, on the topic of Luongo and possible teams in the future, uh, one that kind of struck my mind is uh, Minnesota Wild with the speculation and the ongoing. Oh, with Bill Guerin. With, so, obviously a bit more of a developed team, um, kind of having a good season at the moment. The good season, like good player. Curl Capper's always unbelievable. Joel yeah. Eriksenak is a good two-way center. Like They have a lot of nice pieces. Their cap situation's weird with the buyouts of Suter and Parisi. Yeah. Like, they've kind of just penned themselves into this hole where they can't maneuver a ton so i, I like that fit because it's like it's a good team but it's still a bit of a challenge right yeah. and so there's some things to work with um yeah that, that'd be cool to see i mean I, there's yeah there, there's definitely uh, quite a few teams i would say that could can make some some changes uh you know to their management or coaching uh but we'll, we'll move on here we'll keep it rolling uh so this week also uh it's december so we're getting uh Getting close to the World Juniors. Uh, overall, there just seems to be less of a buzz around the World Juniors this year. And I'm not exactly sure like what it is. Like if you know people are just more focused on the NHL stuff. I mean, there's been so much going on. Like we're not even gonna have time to talk about uh, the Evander Kane going through waivers. Like there's a lot of other stuff that you know could be talked about. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's why, but uh, World Juniors uh, teams are you know announcing their their training camps. Uh, so we'll start off with the U.S. where we got two Panthers prospects uh, attending the camp, Mackie Samuskevich and Ty Smolanich uh, from back-to-back draft classes, I believe. Um, so just your thoughts on the players, and do you think they have uh, a good shot to make this U.S. team? I think they do. Obviously, uh, compared to, comparing uh, last year's world, or the last World Juniors, uh, key guys on their team is missing, like Zegris. Spencer uh, Knight. Spencer Knight. You know. Like, it's, yeah, definitely, I don't think it's as strong of a U.S. team, but it's a very good team regardless. Like, the like Michigan alone has some amazing players for them. Uh, you know, but there's going to be no Caulfield. There's going to be no Zegers. There's going to be no Knight. Those were kind of, you know, no cameo work. Those were, you know, four big pillars for, for that team last year. Um, but it, I think whether or not these guys make the team really depends on – how Team USA wants to play at this tournament because Sam Skevich and uh, Smolanich, they're you know they're kind of unique players. Like like 
uh, Mackie Samuskevich, like that's a skilled player, right? Yeah. So if you want to play fast, if you want to play with skill, Mackie Samuskevich is should be on your team, right? I think he's a little bit biased here, but I think he's one of the most skilled forwards that the U.S. has. Yeah, right? I, I'd agree with you. Them, right? Yeah. Um, and you look at what he's done. Uh, we talked about him before the season. You know what were kind of the expectations for Mackie Samuskevich going into Michigan, and we said realistically, like around that if you know we're halfway through the season like if we're getting to like December and he's about half a point per game we would be you know fine with that because you have to understand that Michigan's a deep team he's not going to see the best opportunities right so to see that kind of growth I think he's exceeded those expectations in the role that he's played uh for that team uh so I think he, he's a very very good player uh, a high skill player who can you know he can shoot the puck he can make plays uh not saying he's uh, like Trevor Zegers, but similar kind of elements in terms of the skill and creativity. Yeah, he can pick up some of that workload that Zegers was able to do last World Juniors. Yeah. Um, obviously, from what I've seen like past World Juniors, it's always a trend where uh, guys that play together and junior kind yeah, of... Yeah, guys that have... He the... wanted that pre-established chemistry, and uh, with him being on Michigan, uh, I'm sure he has that with uh, Matthew Baniers even... Uh, Luke Hughes on the back end there, too. Yeah. Um, so that's something, I guess, like to look in. Uh, obviously, could help elevate his chances. But like you said, he's off to a great start. And, uh, yeah, and I think I think we'd all want to see him there. Smolanich is a bit different because he's a later draft pick. If you look at historically, really at almost any level, like his offensive numbers never really like pop pop off the page. Um, but what he is is, you know, he's a competitive, you know, kind of two-way center who can – you know, do a lot of really good things for you. Uh, and that versatility could be beneficial in a tournament like that. Even if he's just your extra forward, he can come in uh, and he can do a lot of different things for you. And he's an older player, uh, so maybe a bit more experience uh, in playing in college, obviously, uh, a good level of competition. So uh, I'm not sure. I'm, you know, I don't think either of the players are, are locks for this team, uh, per se. Uh, but I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't be surprised to see either or both of them on, on that make that team. Yeah, no, same here. Uh, uh, but now we'll, we'll talk about Canada because this is the one causing a, a bit of a stir online with some of their yeah uh, decisions. First of all, let's let's talk about Justin Sword of the Panthers draft pick. Uh, no, I know you, you know you don't listen to the show, but no one we talk a lot about Justin Sourdiff on this show because we both think he is unbelievable and clearly hockey Canada agrees with us um similar to Smolanich like he is a do-it-all player for this team like to me and I think to some people I've seen Justin Sourdiff is a lock for team Canada yeah uh when I found out I was going to be on the podcast I uh, looked at some highlight tapes of him last night Ooh, what'd you think? very impressed I like yeah. couldn't believe I didn't notice this guy or heard of him too much like going into well, yeah, the draft yeah. but yeah, I'm guessing because, you know, A, he's not, you know, the highest, highest of draft picks, and B, because, you know, Florida's maybe doesn't get the respect it deserves uh, yeah. a lot of times, so you don't hear much about him, but uh, we just love the guy. Like, he can skate, he can shoot. Uh, like, I, I imagine he makes this team and he's on the first penalty kill unit um, because that's what he does best. Uh, I don't know if you saw it in any of the highlight packs. He does, uh, he changes his handedness for faceoffs a lot of the times. You'll go back, just fun fact. Uh yeah, we really love Justin Sardif here on the, on the show, and so I think for for us, like he's he's got to be a lock because there's there's a lot of guys here. Like I'm looking at the the camp roster, right? 
there's a lot of really like high skill players like Kent Johnson's got a lot of skill. Connor Bedard, now I know he's two years away. Does he make it? Uh, Maverick Bork, kind of similar to a guy like Perfetti's a skilled player. McTavish, kind of a power forward. There's a lot and a lot of skill and a lot of high-end talent. Um, but you need guys that can kind of settle into that checking role. And I I don't think anyone on this team does it better than, than Justin Sardif. Maybe Maverick Bork. Yeah, he's kind of, I guess, like kind of like a Swiss Army knife. You know, you can use yeah. him for anything. And you, yeah, like I obviously uh, pretty similar to uh, yeah, Smilanic like, as well in that yeah. sense. Uh, like he's, he's not the the first guy I'm throwing out there if we're down a goal and need a goal, but he's the first guy I'm going to throw out there if we're up a goal and need to protect it. Yeah, he's he's that type of he's that type of guy. So yeah, I'd I'd love to see him out there. Um, Making making Team Canada, and I think he's got a, a very very good shot, and should in my mind be a lock. Uh, but we're going to talk about this uh, this Canada defense because first of all, there's a, there's a couple notable additions from this uh, Team Canada invite camp. Um, the the for me, I think Carter's uh, Carter Savoie from uh, the University of Denver, who's one of the leading scorers in the NCAA, not invited. Um, and at first, I was like, you know what, like. Fair enough, I guess. Like, cause I was, you know, Hockey Canada, maybe they don't want to take guys that are playing in the NCAA. Yeah. Um, but then I, you know, I look and I see Owen Power, obviously number one overall, Kent Johnson, a high draft pick, and I'm thinking that can't be. The so case. where does where's the line for that in this? I, I don't know, and I guess like, yeah, sure. Does he bring some similar elements that other guys do? Yes, but like Carter Savile, I watched him a bunch this year. He scores goals. He's got what I don't think I see a player here with a better shot. Yeah, I don't. Looking like, at right now, that I don't see that either. Obviously, like throw him out on PP one and coast to the, the gold medal. Just let him do his thing. But at the end of the day, it's not like like there's some very good players here as well, so it's hard to, to knock it too much. Um, but I'm a bit surprised by that to not even get an invite. Uh, but the big one on defense, Brant Clark, one of the top picks in last year's draft, an LA Kings draft pick from your Barry Colts. Yep. So it's great that we got you here for yep. it. Not invited. A lot of people up in arms about it. Thoughts? I was, like, shocked. Because, obviously, uh, when the World Junior hype starts, like, in September, obviously, when you find out guys that go back to junior or, like, stay in the NHL and who could be on that team, Brandon Clark, to me, was a lock on defense with Owen Power. And yeah, and I think, I think for most people he was. I not think. seeing him even invited is a shock to me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was. I like. I don't. I I don't understand it because. To me, first of all, th- this is a weak defense for Canada. Like Canada, even you know, unreal. But this this is not a great decor, right? Like in terms no. of what we're you're used to seeing from Canada. Um, like there's Owen Power who didn't play last year be, just because of you know COVID protocols, um, right? So he he's a lock for the team, but then like. Outside of that, like there really isn't a guy that stands out as being like a head and shoulders top prospect type of defenseman, and so to have a guy like Brant Clark, who in my mind I actually like, and I know like he, he was, I don't think there was a huge gap between him and Owen Power, and like if, if I had to pick, like I might take Brant Clark at that like with that pick, um, but and it's weird too because I think I see reports that they're citing you know his defensive play and his play style as reasons for not bringing them. But then you bring, you know, some players that play a similar style, but 
to a lesser degree are effective. Like Owen Zellweger, who's a Ducks prospect, yeah, and I really like Owen Zellweger. I think he's a terrific player, and he should be here as well. But he is very similar to Brant Clark in terms of what they bring to your team. So to invite one and not the other, and then site play style seems ridiculous to me. Um, and yeah, I to to me it makes no sense why you wouldn't invite Brant Clark. Yeah, leading scorer for defenseman the OHL. Uh, yeah, one point three five a game points per game. Only in seventeen games too this season, so he's played less games than some other guys like uh, Cormier. He's thirty nine games, fifty four points. Obviously, Ooh, that's good. Though. That's very Louis good. Louis Cormier buzzes. So. I but agree like, with them being there, but other guys, um, kind of shocked. Like, like, well, yeah, like Damon Hunt, no. Vincent Iorio, fine. Carson Lambos, no. Like, to me, like, yeah. And th- th- there's, like, other notable omissions, too. But, like, to me, like, Canada was already going to have a weak decor, and then they just didn't invite, like, two or three of their probably six best defensemen. Yeah, Ottman not there. Um, Ottman not there. Um, Corson Kuhlman's not there. Uh, who we talked about on a couple episodes, uh, just strange. Like, it, it seems like, and talk that you know Canada does this sometimes. It seems like they're overthinking it. Um, but if I had to guess, just based on who's invited, is that they're trying to play it more like the U.S. in terms of physicality and grit. They're trying to replicate that, and they're they're sacrificing some significant skill, I think, to do that. But yeah, obviously each World Junior is a new tournament, so basing yeah. it off on past like team's performances yeah. is a bit of a gamble um but it just like you, you think that it, like i like you, I you the, think you'd invite guys that are like doing well obviously like you don't have to lead your like junior league and points yeah. or anything but you ideally think that you invite them to camp see how they do compared to other guys that might be a bit more on the defensive and physicality yeah. side and see like if you can find the fit but yeah, like no like if, if you like if you know if if Brent Clark shows up and, he, and he's not good enough and like just to like to not make the team fine yeah but to not invite him to camp the guys like that ridiculous to me because how do you know what you're missing out exactly like you're yeah he's there's but, very it seems more WHL yeah. uh, heavy Canada invite um, yeah very dub heavy so um, yeah my prediction though for this team Canada like I'm just looking at the invite list is that this team Canada does not win gold. And if they do, it is because of the play of Sebastian Casa in that. That's my prediction for this one. Because I am not sold on... Goaltending's always been... It's always been the Achilles heel, but based on this lineup, it better not be because I don't see this... I mean, maybe Connor Bedard shows out uh, and just buzzes and carries his team and becomes the next Connor McDavid. Who knows? But I'm not I'm not sold on, on this invite list, but... Kind of reminds me of uh, when the year previous or a couple years previous where they didn't even make it into like even yeah, close yeah, to, to yeah, very talent heavy team that year. Yeah, but it's like yeah, no, where that, do you that, yeah where do you go from there? Like yeah, I I think they're just overthinking this one to be honest, uh, but we'll see, uh, and we'll get into some Panthers hockey here. But before we do. We got a quick ad read from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. 
New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action and everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, there's the ad. We got it out of the way. If you're not with DraftKings, what are you even doing? I, 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 at this point, like I, I don't know. Like we do, we do these every episode. Like if, if you're not signed up, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. I mean, uh, the deals are they're ridiculous. I really. Um, but all right, Panthers hockey. Let's get into it. The Panthers still hurt, still banged up a bit. Uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, let's just talk. Let's talk about that. What a game last night. I was watching that game and. I, I I thought I didn't see the comeback happening, but after that Lister Ryan oh. shorthanded goal, I think that's what got the guys oh, it's buzzing. The comeback has. And yeah, from there yeah. took over. Uh, who who were great night? Uh, very kind of feeling taking on the workload that Barkov did before he got injured, and he really uh, helped that power play connect. Obviously, in the game winning goal oh, with he, yeah, Sam well, Reinhardt, my guy. Oh yeah, I want, I want to talk about that one for sure. Uh, first, uh, I just want to mention, like right away though, is that like I will say that there are very few things in life that bring me more joy than seeing Ryan Lomberg, the Lamborghini, score a goal at home because that guy is electric. Fan like crowd loves him. Oh man, just gives me gives me chills. Love seeing it. Uh, and he balled out yesterday, goal and assist, five sogs. Um, yeah, he, he's a good, like, you know, as much as everyone, you know, loves him for, for the way he plays, like, he's, like, a legitimately, like, pretty good hockey player. Yeah, no, really good. For, for, for a depth piece. Uh, he's very good uh, for this team. And, uh, yeah, a big part of, you know, why they're, uh, you know, where they are right now. Uh, but last night, obviously, game winner, Sam Reinhart. Sam Reinhart has struggled for a bit this season. And you would know that better than anyone you own Sam Reinhardt in our fantasy hockey yep. league that we have. And I, I want to point out to our listeners that it, we have a keeper league, so you're allowed to keep three players from your team. And John is so far on the Panthers bandwagon that he went so far as to keep Sam Reinhardt on his team over Steven Stamkos yep. from our hated Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, was it the smartest move? Maybe not. But as a Panthers fan, you gotta respect it, gotta love it. He's uh, been there though, like, like he's been around for the Panthers. Obviously, just not getting on like the point sheet. But like when they have been producing, he's been, yeah. he has been on the ice. Yeah, like I know, um, like so, you know, there's been you know, as I'm talking about, he could have had an assist on that Bennett goal if he didn't tip it. Uh, yeah, to get to Huberto who passed it back to Ekblad. Uh Just kind of such scenarios like that where you know he's. Moving the puck well for the guys and yeah, like I know, yeah. like I've seen some people you know before the the game uh, last night talking about Sam Reinhardt's recent play, saying, you know, Sam Reinhardt is you know probably the the most disappointing Panther this season, 
And it's probably between him and Spencer Knight, realistically, for most disappointing Panther. But, like, they're still, like, producing at a relatively decent rate. Like, Spencer Knight is still young. He's had some good games. He's had some bad names. Sam Reinhart, yeah, he's not... First of all, like, I don't know what you want, like, what you're expecting from Sam Reinhart. He's never been, you know, a point-per-game player, really, in this league. And he's not been this season. 13 points in 22 games. And, you know, guys get hot, they get cold. Um, But realistically, like... Yeah, they've been disappointing, sure, because I think the expectations were quite high. But the reality is, is that they've been like they've been brutal, they've been terrible. We're not talking about you know like a Jeff Skinner type disappointment. Yeah, no. coming off you know the season he had and then signing that contract. Like, if these are your two most disappointing players, like that's how you know you're a good team. Yeah, exactly. When your most disappointing player has 13 points in 22 games, including the game winner in the biggest comeback you've had this season. Uh, against a team that's had your number, against, you know, Alex Ovechkin, who's been uh, just having his way with the Panthers in their previous two matchups. So to score that goal, to complete the comeback, um, not only is it, like, you know, it's great. Like, I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, you know, you always, you always try to believe, and, you know, they call them the comeback cats for a reason. But 4-1 down, third period, it doesn't happen a lot that you come back and you win that game in regulation, right? Or whatever. And so, uh, I think a win like that, like, I think it's exactly what Sam Reinhart needed to score that winner. Maybe, you know, get some confidence, get back on, on track to, to what he was doing maybe last year in Buffalo. Uh, and then for the team as a whole, because I think recently, I, I want to know your thoughts on this too, but like, it just seems like the team is a bit down. Yeah, obviously lots of injuries surrounding them. Uh, Barkov, captain out. Yeah. Uh, like, like huge the, player for them. Uh, Duclair. Oh, uh, huge player. You know, He's been so good this year. It's the depth pieces out. You know, like when you're having injuries almost on a weekly basis yeah. and your your lines are getting switched up completely, um, you kind of lose that, like, chemistry you had in prior games with, like, the lines you've been running, so... I don't know, having a guy like Sam Reinhardt, even like Bennett, guys that can play like the wing also like can come in for the center position too. Um, you got a lot of versatility there, and you can do a lot with how you want to. Yeah, uh, which is like the they've been lines. designed for, for for this kind of thing, right? Yeah, like, that's that's what you do. But I'm curious, like, do you think like this recent play? And keep in mind, as much as we're like, nah, like you know, as much as we're saying, you know, the this team isn't the same team we saw at the start of the year, right? Like. There are some bad habits maybe creeping in or whatever. Is it? And the reality is, is like, yeah, they're still second in the division right now with, a, you know, a game in hand on Toronto. But do you think, like, is it just injuries? Is that the issue? Like, I, I'm like, I, I'm not exactly sure. Like, it's kind of tough to gauge. Like, very clearly, like, something's different from from what it was at the start of the season. Something's not right per se. Do you think it's just injuries, or do you think it's the coaching change? Like, what is it that's affecting this group? And, like, and I think, you know, a lot of fans are noticing this, and the players noticed it, too. I think, I forget who it was, said in, like, an interview that, you know, we need to get back to having fun like we were at the start of the season. Like, yeah, obviously, uh, with when Quinville got dismissed, that was a huge thing that the team had to kind of um, work around and get used to, obviously, like, kind of, kind of rebuild like a winning mentality that they had yeah. at the start of the season with them. And then when your captain goes down and he's injured for 
yeah. quite a bit of time now. You kind of rely on him to like kind of like keep that like structure exactly. going, and then obviously, uh, I think last night's game could be a turning point. Obviously, in the next couple uh, games, they play Buffalo tomorrow. Yeah, uh, you know Sam Reinhardt against his former team, oh. and then you got a back to back against St. Louis, another team that's been all right this month. Yeah, um, yeah, St. Louis is a good team. Like you got back to back against St. Louis. Got Coyotes yeah. after that, and then you got. Challenge against the Avalanche, who are missing McKinnon, but they have yeah, been... missing Barkov. Exactly. I mean, maybe he's back by then. Like, yeah. That's, you know, a week or so away. Like, yeah, it's weird, because, like, yeah, I don't know. So, like, something seems off with the team, but it's, like, the question is, is, like, what do you attribute it to? Because then, like, if it's just injuries or whatever, just adapting, like, basically, do you stay the course, or do you, or does, does there need to be a change of some sort in some way? Like, do you need to make a move if you're Bill Azito? Or if you're the coach, do you need to try different combinations or mix it up? Like, I don't know what it is and whether you want to change or you want to just be patient and wait for guys to get healthy and then see where you're at. Um, but I agree. Like, a win, like like last night's win against the, the Capitals, that that is, that is that's a win that can kind of get you back on track, right? Yeah. Especially for Sam Ryder getting that big goal. Like, uh, and I think it says a lot the fact that they came back anyways too. To be honest, I think it says a lot about the belief that they have in each other. Um, like they just they deserve to win that game. Um, they were all over them, especially in that third period. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something you can build on if you're the coach and the players, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they do. Yeah, it reiterates what they've been able to do at the start of the season, where they were coming back in games, winning them late. Yeah, and I guess last night's game kind of shows that they still can do that even with the injuries they have. I wouldn't say uh, a trade has to happen. I just think from a coach's point, you know, you got to get something going there, get the guys kind of back into that higher gear that they're capable of doing on a consistent yeah. basis. Yeah, and it's just you know, and again, it's a good test for for Brunette too, as a you know, a new coach in this league, uh, to to see what you can get out of this group, you know, for this next little stretch here. I mean. Buffalo, like that, should be you know an all right game. The Blues are you know they're they're a solid solid team. Um, so so we'll see we'll see what the the next little stretch holds. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping they can build on uh on last night's win. Um, that kind of does it for for this episode. That's all we had to talk about. Before we go though, I do want to ask you one question since we don't have you on the show that oh, much. Okay, John, what is your hottest hockey hot take that you can throw out there right hottest now? Hottest hot the take. The hottest take. I believe you said one before the episode before we hit record. Okay, I think I forgot that one. Oh, I oh no, the uh, I remember right. exactly. I I want to hear you. I want to hear. Okay, I kind of my memory's not exactly the greatest, it, but uh. Want to have the start of the season, and I was saying this to Leaf fans because you know it's always nice to get a kick out of them. I was, oh, I, I said that Love Trevor Zegers will be the best American hockey player ever, and that really hit home to a lot of them because obviously they think Austin Matthews is that guy. But you know the amount of fun that Zegers is. Is Austin having, Matthews? I was looking know? at the NHL scoring list like yesterday. I think Austin I don't, Matthews I don't is like fortieth. Yeah, I don't see like, him out there. You have to scroll, and I think that's telling. Exactly. Um. That's all one, uh, the one I wanted to say that you mentioned before this episode. And it's one you can't really prove right or wrong, but, like, you kind of can. Um, you told me before, because we were talking about, you know, different players and stuff, and we're going through different drafts and whatever, and you uttered the words that had it not been for injuries, Sammy Vatman would have been as yeah, good yeah. as Eric Carlson. 
Honestly, that could be a bit biased coming from a Ducks fan, but uh, I think that before kind of everything kind of hit the fan for him and getting traded, that you know he was looking really promising and yeah. he could he, he could have seen he could have seen a sixty point season, but uh, obviously when well, he got traded to New Jersey at that stage of yeah. their rebuild and well, look, look, lucky for you. We'll never know. Exactly. Because that's he's just in, how uh, things work out. the Swiss. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, pleasure pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having always. me. Had lots of fun. Yeah, appreciate you filling in. Uh, that does it for this one. Uh, thanks to everyone listening. And we'll hopefully be back on Monday with a brand new episode. We'll see you then.